This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. Well, welcome to uh, Relate Church. And those of you who are our guests for the very first time, I just want to personally welcome you. It's so good to see you. Glad you're here. And we're in a brand new facility and we're, we're, we're still trying it out, seeing if we're going to keep it or not. And no, we're... we're we're just feeling everything out. It's going good, and we're just glad you're here with us. Hey, I just want to remind you of a couple of things that we have coming up. On January 27th, we're having what we call Vision Sunday, and I'll explain that to you a little bit later in the, in the service today, but we're having what we call Vision Sunday. It'd be a really great time for you to, to be here for that. We're also on that day having our Heart for the House offering, and the Heart for the House offering is just a special offering. We don't do very many special offerings right here, but a special offering just to help us finish up some, some things uh, with this project, and so we're looking forward to that. And then on February 2nd, we're having our official, our official grand opening that we're advertising to the public, and, and so we're looking forward to that as well. And uh, you just go ahead and mark that on the calendar because you need to be here, all right? You need to be here for that, and we're going to have a great time. We're in a, we're in a brand new series that we began last week. We're calling Traction. Now, how many of you, um, and I believe I asked this last will, last, last year, last week, whenever it was, I asked last week that, you know, uh, you just sometimes it just seems like you lack traction in your relationship with God. You might just be spinning your wheels a little bit. And here, let me just give you a little secret. Uh, the, the most, if, if you can get this right, if you can get your relationship with God right, it really affects every other relationship and every other thing in your life, your finances, your health, your marriage, your, your career, your school, whatever it is, it affects everything. And so if you can get it right, if you can get that relationship right, that foundational relationship with God right, then everything else flows from that and it gives life to everything else. So whatever you try to do apart from God, you might have a little bit, a little bit of success, but really in the end you're going to be kind of empty on the inside and things aren't going to work with you. So what we're doing in this series is we're really talking about how to grow in your relationship with God. And one of our values around here, one of the, really the reason that we exist, is to pursue and lead people into an authentic relationship with God. In other words, to be, an, to be in an authentic relationship with God, there are some certain things that you have to do. I mean, the Bible just explicitly says there are some things that we have to do. For instance, uh, Jesus said this, if you're going to follow me, you've got to be a fisher of men. He said, I'll make you a fisherman, so we have a value right here, go. We want to go, and we want to reach people far from God, okay? And then we, we want to grow in our relationship because when we, we begin on this journey, and, you know, whether, wherever you are in your, your relationship with God today, there's, there's still more. We are, to, we are to grow. We are to advance. We are to make progress. And so this whole series is about making progress in our relationship with God making progress, not, not staying the same, not looking back. You know, at the end of this year, you don't look back to this time and, and, and everything's the same. You're different. You're changed, all right? So we're talking about that. So last week, we, we, we talked about this. If you really want to grow in your relationship with God, if you really want to get some momentum and some traction in your relationship with God, you have to become more God-inside-minded. You have to become more God-aware. You have, to, you have to be aware of God. You have to be conscious of God. 
And people live their whole life, and even they, they say, I'm a Christian, and they never really experience God. They really, they're really never uh, aware of Him. They don't know when He's speaking to them. They don't know when He is leading them or prompting them or guiding them to do something. And that, frankly, that is a huge problem. If you don't know when God's talking to you, you say, does, he, does God talk? He absolutely talks. He speaks. Now, that doesn't mean he speaks out here somewhere, but he'll speak on the inside of you. But if you're not aware of him, you'll miss it. And if you're not aware of his leading and his guidance in your life, you'll miss it. And if you miss what God's saying to you, if you miss how God's guiding you, how, how are you going to progress in your relationship with him? And so it's important. We talked last week about being more God inside-minded or more aware of God. So I want to move on today to this, this next part. And this is, this is so crucial, and this is really so central to having a strong, dynamic, moving relationship with him where you're growing, okay? And so in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, 2 Corinthians, in fifth, the 5th chapter says this, for we walk by faith. Let me see the show of hands. How many of you ever heard that verse before in your life? For we walk by by faith. Many people have heard that verse. Not too many people are doing that. A lot of people say they're doing that, but they're not really doing that. And so it's important for us to identify if we're not doing it so we can start doing it because this is the way of victory. This is how you progress. Now, in a growing relationship with Jesus, let me ask you a question. What grows, what is supposed to be growing in a relationship with Christ? Your hair? Your faith. Your faith. What is it, when, when we talk about growing in our relationship with God, what is it that is to be growing? Well, our knowledge of God, yeah, that's true, but knowledge puffs up. But the thing that's to grow in a growing relationship with God is our faith. The Bible talks about exceeding, growing faith. Jesus talked about weak faith. He talked about little faith. He talked about great faith. Well, which do you think he supposed we have? Little faith or great faith? Anybody know the answer to that? Anybody just take, a, take a, a wild guess, a shot in the dark? Do you think God wants you to have weak faith or strong faith? Let me, do you think he wants you to have little faith or great faith? Just take a shot at it. What do you think? He wants you to have great faith. Matter of fact, when he, when he mentioned people who had little faith or weak faith, it wasn't a compliment. It was like, what in the world is going on with you? Oh, you of little faith. Then he asked, where is your faith? You've been with me all this time. Where's your faith? So it's very interesting to God that we live a life of faith. So he says, for we walk by faith. We walk by faith. And uh, it goes on to say, in, in one verse, it says, for we walk by faith, not by what? sight for we walk by faith not by sight not by what you see not just your physical senses not just what you feel not just your emotions we walk by faith faith in God faith in God is not your denomination faith in God is not just you mentally agreeing with something that the word says 
the Bible says. It's you believing to the point where you act on something. Y'all have to turn that air off. It's blowing on me up here. Turn those AC units. O-F-F. Off. Y'all all right? Okay. So faith in God is so crucial to our development, to our growth in Him. Now, I want you to look at another scripture in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. And, and the title of this message this morning is, is this, you've got to see it if you're going to seize it. If you want to see something, you've got to, you've got to see it in order to seize it in your life. You've got to see it. You say, well, you just read that verse, says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So what do you mean we got to see it? Notice this verse in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18. It says, do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. So let me ask you a question. How do you see something? How do you look at something that is not seen? How, your imagination? I mean, so he says, don't look at just what you can see. You got to look at something that you can't see. How many of you know you got two sets of eyes? Huh? You, you've got the you've got these physical eyes, and then you've got spiritual eyes. As a matter of fact, Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter one that the eyes of our understanding, the eyes of our heart, the eyes of our spirit would be flooded with light. Why? Because not only do you have physical eyes, but you've got spiritual eyes, and of course, you already knew that. You already knew that. Anybody ever daydreamed before? Have you ever imagined yourself doing something that you've never done before? Six of you have. What, what, what the rest of y'all been doing? No, no. you see, we, we imagine. We, we do this all the time. We see things. And, uh, boy, that's really blowing in here. Did y'all turn those off? All right, y'all got them turned off? You're cycling through? Okay. So we... we, we we see things. We we imagine. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Man, I had I had icicles coming down from my ears. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Now I don't even have. Man, I can just talk normal now. Okay. Where was I? Y'all help me. This isn't amateur hour. I promise. I can. I can. I, I won't get all twisted and tangled up here. Okay. Yeah. So we're we're, we're seeing. So used to when when I was when I was in like elementary school I went to I went to Byram High School and this is before air conditioner was AC was invented well, before they had it in Byram school anyway and so I remember when you go back to school in August September man it is blazing hot which y'all know and so being in those rooms they'll they'll open up the windows and I'm sitting at my desk and and uh, I don't know what kind of desk they had now, but these were all slick desks, and they're all dirty on top and, and whatever. But I was bored with school, so I'd put my head down. I'd, I'd go to sleep, and I'd start imagining. And I'd wake up, man, and just you know, sweat everywhere and drooling and, and all that stuff. But I, I would be dreaming. I would be daydreaming. I would be imagining what I'm going to do when I get home. And usually I'd watch Yogi Bear and eat Doritos or something, you know. But you just imagine. But we do this all the time. And this can be a godly thing. This can be a helpful thing. Amen. So he says this, and let me read this verse to you again in 2 Corinthians. And this is, I, I can't tell you how crucial this is. 
if you're going to really progress, and if we're going to really progress in our relationship with God, this has to be a part of it, or you're not going to progress. And unfortunately, there's many, many Christians who are, who are walking back from this, this life of faith, living by faith. They, they think, oh, we're getting too far out there with God. You can't get too far out there for God. You really think that any request you make from God, any need that you have, is really going to kind of put him back on his heels and say, ooh, I don't know if I can do that or not. You think he's really going to be calling Gabriel and, and, and Michael and, and trying to solve this for you? No, he's got it. He's a big God. But in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 18, it says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. So we're not just looking at the things which are seen, but we are intentionally, we take a look at the things which are not seen. Now let me show you how this works. Let me show you this how this works in, in Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Y'all ready to get happy? Y'all about to feel like y'all been to church here in just a minute. Okay, in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, of course, Hebrews chapter 11 is, you know, referred to as the Hall of Fame of Faith. Now, there's the NFL Hall of Fame, there's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, there's the Blues Hall of Fame, there, you know, there's all kind of Halls of Fame. Not everybody in that industry makes it into the Hall of Fame, right? Uh, only a select few people make it into the Hall of Fame of anything. It is the ones who stand out. It is the ones who, who've, who've done the most. It is the one, man, they've got a resume. They belong there. They, they, belong, uh, they, they are worthy to stand out, right? And so all these people who are listed in Hebrews chapter 11, I mean, it's, they're not there because they didn't do anything. They, did there because, they are in there because they did do something. They, they, you know, they, they subdued kingdoms. They worked righteousness. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of fire. They received their dead back to life again. They passed through the water. You, you know what I mean? They, uh, they, they did all kinds of things, and they did it by faith. So faith is not just, oh, I believe in God. No, faith is a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. Faith is a force. Faith is a supernatural force that will change your life. That will change your situation. Amen. Well, I'm just going to leave it all up to God. Don't do that. Don't just leave it all up to God. You can't leave it all up to God anyway. You can say, well, i just leave it up to God. No, you can't. Because God's got a part, but you have a part. And no matter how good God does his part, if you don't do your part, things aren't going to change in your life. So notice this in Hebrews, the 11th uh, chapter, and verse 12. This is, this is awesome. It says, therefore, from one man, everybody say one man. Can God do something with one, one person? Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead. <laughs> and he's talking about Abraham, who's one man. And Abraham, at this, at this time, He's as good as dead. I mean, you go to the doctor and, and you're getting a checkup, and doctor, I'm, I'm here to get a checkup. And the doctor said, Well, here's, here's my diagnosis. You're as good as dead. 
How many of you know that's not very good? Well, let me tell you, let me just tell you, you're as good as dead. What does that mean? That means that it's over. There's no more accomplishment. There's no more nothing. It's over. You're as good as dead. There are people sitting in this room right now. Your marriage is as good as dead. Your health is as good as dead. Your finances are as good as dead. Your outlook is as good as dead. Doesn't sound very good, does it? But this says from one man, and he's talking about faith here. From one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Now he's talking about Abraham. Abraham's 100 years old. Sarah is 90 years old. They don't have children. They don't have any children. Sarah's barren. Well past the age of procreation. And the, but here it says, Abraham's as good as dead. You know, you might have a dream that is good as dead. But is, just because something is as good as dead, does that mean with God that anything is impossible? Y'all help me out this morning, is it? See, if you get a hold of this and you begin to live like this, things will change. Or if you sit there and bat your eyes at me like a toad in a hailstorm, well, then nothing's going to change. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> right? So you, you, you got to take hold. So I'm new at this. Good time to start. I mean, this is, this is, this is basic Christianity. It's basic stuff. This, I mean, this is, you get saved and start living like this. Amen. Everybody say he's good as dead. And it says that, and it was born from him as many as the stars in the sky in multitude. Innumerable as the sand on the seashore. That's how many kids Abraham had. Think about that. Someone who's as good as dead, but yet, Something happened. Oh, look what God did. Oh, look what God did. God gave Abraham all them children. Look what God did. Well, God had his part, but you know what? Abraham had his part. God didn't just do that. We're talking about Abraham. He's in the hall of fame of faith. He did something by faith. Sarah received strength to conceive by faith. Abram did something by faith. God had his part, but Abram had his part. And God has his part with your life, but you've got a responsibility. So, no, 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 God's in control. God isn't in control. You listening? So that sounds sacrilegious. No, it's just, you just heard religion. God's not in control. Yeah, he's in control of everything. No, he's not. You think he's in control of everything? No. 
Well, he allows it. Well, he allows it. That doesn't, that's not the same as being in control. So what was Abraham's part? Turn with me, if you would, to Genesis, the, the 15th chapter. Genesis, the 15th chapter. I, I think this is so interesting, and this is so telling. So we're about to find out how to, how to see it so we can seize it, right? We're talking about seeing it this week. We're going to talk about seizing it next week, okay? In Genesis, the 15th chapter, it says this, in verse 1, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Don't be afraid. I am your shield. I'm your great reward. Awesome. What more do you need? God's your shield. God's your reward. Isn't that awesome? And Abram said, yeah, that's all good and everything, but it wasn't enough for Abram. He said, well, Abram, I'm, I'm, your, I'm your reward. Yeah, that's great, God, but I got you, and I'm glad about that, but do you know that God is not a, he's not opposed to you wanting things that are not spiritual? Did you know that? Say, well, God, he's, I, I know God, he'll, he'll supply all my needs, but, uh, you know, them wants, so those desires, you know that God's not opposed to you having wants and desires? Not at all. He's not opposed to you having things. He just doesn't want things to have you. And that's a big difference. So here, here's God saying, hey, Abram, I'm your reward. And Abram said, yeah, great, but what will you give me? That's, that's great, Lord, but what will you give me seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abram said, look, you've given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one won't be your heir, but the one, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. So I want you to notice this. Uh, just, just having God wasn't enough. God, Abram had some other desires. Okay? And then notice what happened. He said, What are you going to give me? He said, I don't have a child. So obviously he wanted a child. And so this is, this is here's key. Look, if, if, if you and I don't see anything other than what we see when we stand in front of the mirror, and, and you know, that's just kind of symbolic, but if we don't see anything other than what we're experiencing today, if we don't, if we don't see ourselves, if we just see ourselves sick, if we just see ourselves broke, if we just see ourselves tired, if we just see ourselves not, not, you know, not being able to accomplish something, We've been told all of our life we're not going to accomplish anything. If we, all these things, if we don't see something different than what we're experiencing, we're not going to seize anything different. We've got to see different. Isn't there scriptures about as a man thinks in his heart? 
so is he. You know, aren't there scriptures about, you know, if you're going, uh, uh, I wish that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers? If you want to do good on the outside, you got to do good on the inside. If you want, to, if you want something to change on the outside, you got to see it first on the inside. We don't just look at the things that we do see. We just don't look at, just look at the sick body. We just don't look at the empty bank account. We just don't look at the stack of bills. We just don't look at what you know, our past and, and all the mistakes and the failures that we've made. We just don't look at all that. We've got to see something else. And if you never see anything else, you'll never seize anything else. You'll just constantly be in this. You'll be on that treadmill, and you'll be working really hard, and you'll be exerting the, the energy, and you'll be burning up the calories, and you're not going anywhere. You've got to see it different. And so what did God do? He said, Abraham, I want you to go outside. You see, God has ways of getting vision in us. He's got ways of helping us see things other than what we're experiencing right now. So here's Abram, he's as good as dead, which is not very good. Here's Abram, he's 100 years old, and Sarah's 90, and they're, you know, them having kids, that's gone. And, Ab and God said, Abram, I want you to come outside. And so Abraham went out, and God said, now I want you to look toward heaven. And I want you to begin to count the stars. One, two, three, four, five. Somebody told me there's 600 billion stars in our solar system. Well, that's, that's a lot of stars. That's the same stars Abram was counting. Millions and millions of stars. And he said, I want you to count the stars. And if you're able to number them, so shall your descendants be. And on another occasion, God said, hey, Abram, go out to the beach. Start counting all the sand. <laughs> count the sand. That's how many kids you're going to have. And this is from one who is as good as dead. I mean, what's your condition this morning? How dead are things in your life? How dead is your marriage? How dead is your finances? How dead is your health? How dead is your career path? How dead are things? And I'm here to tell you, just because it's as good as dead, doesn't mean there is no hope. Because you serve a God who can call you out up under the canopy of heaven and start telling, hey, count. Because this is how it's going to be. And so God's getting a vision on the inside. He's helping Abram's, Abraham see something other than what he's experiencing. And then the next verse says, and Abram believed. Abram believed. So here's the deal. How do you begin to see something different? You've got to start with the Word. You see, God will always take you to His Word first to put a new image on the inside of you, to get a new picture on the inside of you, to get you seeing something else. God will always take you to His Word first. He'll always take you to His Word. In, in James chapter 1, he says this. James chapter 1, he says in verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. Y'all experienced that this morning, didn't you? At least most of you did. Most, most people looked in the mirror this morning. He, he observes his natural face in the mirror, but he, but he goes away and he, he immediately forgets what he looks like. 
this This is the person who looks into the Word of God, but doesn't continue in it, doesn't meditate on it, just kind of haphazardly, you know, like the, the sower who sows the seed, the, and the, some of the seed fell on the, the, the rocky soil, and it, I mean, it just, it just, you know, the fowl came and got it really quick. And, and some people are like that. They, they're, they're not invested in the Word. They just kind of read through it, if they read it at all, and just kind of read through it. That's why we encourage everybody to read your chapter every day, Monday through Friday. Read your chapter. So my chapter, yeah, relate1.com. Go to relate1.com, and we'll have a chapter there for you to read. And read it. Why? Because it's something about getting the Word in you. It's something about, and not just read, but meditating on it. Meditating on it. Thinking about it. What happens? It begins to paint a new picture on the inside of you. It begins to put a new image on the inside of you. You begin to see yourself differently. You begin to see yourself healed you know, a lot of people who are sick, they see themselves sick. All they think about is sick. They think, they think sick. They dream sick. They think sick. They see sick. They don't ever see anything else. They're not even trying to see anything else. Because this is it. And they, don't, they believe, oh, this is, a dead, this is a dead deal. I mean, you can't change this. But the Word can change it. And it all starts with you seeing something different. It starts on the inside with us seeing something other than what we're seeing. I hope I'm making sense to you. I feel like I'm working hard. I feel like I'm saying it all different kind of ways. But you've got to, you've got to see it different. And only the Word can do that. So you read the Word, and it says, By His stripes you were healed. Well, if you meditate on that, you'll begin, you'll begin to get the image of were healed in you. Right? You, you begin to get that image. You're, we're healed. What would I look like healed? What would I do if I were healed? What, what would I do? What could I do? What would I enjoy doing? And you begin to see different. That is the first step. You got to see it. Amen? And so only the Word can pay. Some of you, 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 just, you just broke. It's not a sin. It's just mighty inconvenient. Right? I mean, it could have been sin that got you there, but, but we, we can all agree on this. It's inconvenient, right? When you don't have enough. And God wants you to have enough. He wants you to have more than enough. So, but if, if, you've, if you've lived your whole life and for a long time and it's just been not enough, that, that just has a way of imprinting your soul, making an imprint and an image on your soul. You know, they told us, uh, so, you know, some TVs, if you, if you leave an image up there, just a still image up there a long time, it'll, it'll burn that image into the, the screen and it'll be there permanently. See, the, the longer this negative image stays, it just it takes that more and more root in your life. But you can change it. Now here, this is spirit and this is life. This is real. This will change things. This will change things in you. Amen? So 
we begin, we go to the Word first. And when you go to the Word, when you go to the Word and begin to meditate on the Word of God and begin to, it's called, it's called renewing your mind. You just, you just get, your thinking begins to change. When your thinking begins to change, your believing begins to change. When your believing begins to change, the way you act begins to change. When you start acting different, you're going to get different. That's the way it works. You think wrong, you're going to believe wrong. If you believe wrong, you're going to act wrong. If you act wrong, you're going to get negative things. If you think right, you're going to believe right, you're going to act right, you're going to get right things. Amen? And so with that in mind, I told you January 27th we're doing Vision Sunday. And, this, and Vision Sunday is not about, it's not about church vision. It's about your vision. It's about your vision. And uh, I put this on the back of your notes. And so if you didn't get a notes page, you're gonna, you probably need to pick one up when you leave. Or we'll have it on there next week as well. But this is what we're going to do. And we haven't done this in quite a few years, but we're going to do it this year. Is that what I would like for you to do is just sit down with your family. And y'all can pray and, and discuss and write down three things. Number one, number one, and this is number one for a reason, because I believe this, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. So sit and write down what you desire to give into the kingdom of God this year. The kingdom of God. Not necessarily this church, the kingdom of God. What do you desire to give into the kingdom of God this year? And I wouldn't put a dollar amount on it. I'd put a percentage on it. This percent of my income. Okay? So as soon as I start talking about money, it gets really quiet. I'm not about to take up a big offering, I promise. That's January 27th. Okay? <laughs> okay. So, so, right, what do you want? Just percent. And this is not for me to see. This is not for anybody to see. This is... This is between you and your family and the Lord, okay? Number two, what do you owe? Is, uh, is debt a blessing? It's kind of inconvenient too, isn't it? So what do you owe? And list it out. I mean, credit cards, bicycles, refrigerators, you know, houses. List it. List it out. What do you owe on it? So I'm scared to look. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's still there whether you look or not. <laughs> it's still there. And so, so write it down. And then number three, number three, what would you do or what would you like to do or what would you like to have if finances were not an issue what would you like to do what would you like to have and let me just say this there's not a uh, there's not a right or wrong answer for this this is you this has to do with your priorities this has to do with your heart this has to do with your desires what would you do what would you have where would you go if money was not an issue Write it down. Some of you would be start an orphanage. Some of you would be, man, take a vacation. We had never had one. Write it down. What would you do? And you notice it's third on the list, so it's not top priority. 
but what would you do? And so then what we're going to do is come back together. Again, this is not for me to see. This is for you. And we're going we're gonna to come in here together on January 27th, and we're going to release our faith in God. And we're going to hold these, these vision lists up, and we're going to release faith in God, and then God's going to go to work because we're going we're gonna to release our faith, and we're going to begin to check things off, and you're going to write testimonies about it. All right? And we're going to announce it to people. Hey, this happened. Somebody got this credit card paid off. Somebody, you know, somebody got healed over here. Somebody, some family never taken a vacation. They got to take their first vacation. We're going to begin to check that, and it's going to just build people's faith. It's going to just build people's faith. Builds people's faith. Amen? So that's January 27th. Let's get it done, okay? All right. Father, in Jesus' name, we magnify you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, we thank you for the word today, and I ask that you would take these words that were spoken, make sense of them in each person's heart, deal with us along these lines, I ask you. Father, I pray that if there's anyone in here today that's never received Jesus, that's never given their whole life to Jesus, I ask that you would deal with them right now, draw them to yourself. In Jesus' name, I thank you for it. If you're in here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, and I'm, I'm, I don't mean that, you know, you, hey, I've, I've gone to church or I believe in God. You can believe in God and not belong to him. You can, you can go to church, be a member of a church and not be right with God. You can be a really good person. But God's not looking for a good person. He's not looking whether or not you're a church member right now. He's not, he's not looking that whether you believe in him, the demons believe in God. It's not just believing that he exists. I mean, you're believing to the point where you act on something, that you give him your whole life. And if you've never done that, today's your opportunity to do that. Now, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not going to ask you to come down to the front. But just with an uplifted hand, you say, please pray for me. I, I, want, to, I want to give Jesus my whole life. We'll pray for you. So I'll count to three. Just lift your hand. One, two, three, right now. Thank you. Looking across the room. Anybody? Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand. Anyone else? Got to lift them high. These lights are kind of bright in my eyes. I can't see really well. Okay. Hey, let's all pray this prayer out loud together. From your heart, sincerely say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Save me. Change me. Make me brand new. From this day forward, I'll follow you. I'll obey you. I'll do everything you tell me to do. Thank you. Amen. Church, let's give these a real big hand, all right?